10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello everyone, how are we doing today? It's Gemma calling from Bristol. Looking forward to a brilliant show with you today. We've got the amazing Jane Bell and Ellie Baker starring with us today talking all about the highlights of term and what to do if you're finding yourself at the end of your teaching road. So do stay tuned and we'll be having a great show today. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. God, it's really exciting, all that music going on, isn't it? So it's great to be with you today. Um, it's my first show and I'm really excited and I'm also completely um, terrified that things will go wrong. So um, hopefully it will go well. And it's great to already see some people with me today. So hello, do join in. Um, so just to recap, my name is Gemma Drinkle, like I'm a really thirsty person. And um, this is my very first show on Teachers Talk Radio and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, what we're going to be exploring today is um, an area that's actually really um, of passion to me, to be honest, predominantly because actually the October half term is really prominent in my teacher memory. So to give you a bit of a, a recap about who the heck am I and, and who are you listening to and, and what you're going to get out from me um, in this um, hour and a half and, and next week's show as well. Um, I'm a former RS teacher. I um, have about 12, uh, five years um, training in training experience in, in education um, and I loved teaching I loved it so much because it was just so brilliant to be with students engaging with students I never thought I'd want to work with kids but actually I just loved it um, my subject was amazing the colleagues that I had were terrific and before I was a teacher I could never actually stay focused on anything in particular um, I think my longest stint in any job, apart from like Debenhams when I was a kid, um, was about six months because I just got bored or I learned how to do everything and I was like, I'm bored. Um, and I, you know, go off and do something else. So actually teaching is the first thing in my life where I was like, oh my God, I can see myself doing this forever. Every day is different. Every um, session is completely different. Um, I love being busy. So that really played into my um, uh, whole character, being like, you're never actually stopping as a teacher. Um, and I really love the fact that I could use my um, subject and my experience in religious studies and in ethics to actually kind of invigorate and inspire and motivate the next generation. And it was utterly amazing. I couldn't really get enough of it. It was just so fabulous. And I really got that bug. And the bug is kind of the thing that killed it off in a way. Um, so two years ago, I mean, admittedly, 
it's always stressful, isn't it? But two years ago, I started um, having panic attacks. Um, and just to let you know, I am totally open with this and I will happily talk about my experiences. So if there's anyone out there who's kind of feeling the same thing and just kind of like, oh, you know, everything's terrible or feeling really stressed or not able to keep coping with things, I've been there. I know how you feel. Um, so, you know, just to be there for you. I get you. Um, but yeah, I started developing um, panic attacks. And my very first panic attack was one I had in my line manager's office. So that was a good place to have it. And it was kind of like the entire, my entire world was crumbling down around me. Um, I was signed off sick for the first time in like for a huge chunk of chunk of time. Um, and that was pretty much the end of my like summer term. I just didn't really come back. I, I couldn't come back. Um, I was, yeah, so signed off. And then, um, when I came back in the September, I, I stripped myself bare. I not literally, that's a bit weird, but I stripped myself of all of my TLRs and all my additional responsibilities. I went down to four days a week and I have to say hands up to my school. They were utterly amazing at being so understanding and flexible, but my gut reaction was, you know, this job's killed me. Um, it's won. I've been in this battle with teaching for five years and, and it's won. I've won many battles, but it's won the war. So actually the October half term is really poignant to me because it's at this time of year that I'm remembering that I thought everything was okay. And actually it wasn't. And, um, it was during October half term that I made the really tough decision. Um, in my head at the time, shameful decision to leave teaching. Um, and it was really tough and, you know, I miss it. I miss my students. Um, my tutor group are now in year 11 and I think of them regularly and you know what, a part of me has kind of been left behind in the classroom. And the reason why I'm so psyched to be on teachers talk radio is because I'm kind of on the other side of it. And I really want to offer a space for you to, um, you know, be okay with not being okay. And actually let's have a, um, a kind of hands up and just say, actually, you know what? Teacher wellbeing is so vitally important. You know, the statistic of which I'm one of them, and I was really ashamed of this at the time, is that one in three teachers leave within the first five years of qualifying. What the hell? Like, that's just a huge waste of time, energy, talent, investment. Like, it's just utterly mental. So the work that I do now is still with teachers, but I'm on the other side of it. I help teachers to create those clear boundaries, to love the job again and to thrive in the job again. Because you know what? If we're not thriving in the classroom, then the students can't thrive either. So actually, it's really important that we kind of put a flag in and just be like, teacher well-being is actually really important, people. So that's kind of like the background of which I'm, I'm coming from. And this show today is kind of, yeah, like the salutation, I suppose, of, of all of those things. So we've got the amazing Jane Bell coming on um, shortly, and she will be um, speaking with us about how we can um, celebrate what's been going on this term, because I know it's been an incredibly tough term for people. Um, but instead, put in those boundaries and say, okay, how are we... Um, going to switch off for half term. Some of you are already on half term. Some of you um, are coming round in. Um, and 
yeah, so that would be really um, terrific to have. So how are we going to switch off over halftime? And then later on in the show, we've also got Ellie Baker, who is a terrific individual. She has over 10 years experience in teaching and she um, left to set up her own business. And now she coaches teachers uh, to help them leave teaching as well and, and become their very own um, business owners. So again, it's kind of like story of two hearts. We're celebrating the term that we've had, but also saying, okay, if you're someone that's like, come to the end of like their teaching journey is just kind of like, I don't even know what to do right now then we've got something for you as well so I really hope that we can serve you in today's session so our first um my first question really that I do want to put out to you all is what have the highlights been so what have been the highlights of your um half term and you know, let's kind of have a bit of a teacher celebration because very often it's just really easy to feel overwhelmed and notice all the bad things that are going on and just feel drained. But instead, it'd be really cool to actually say what's been the highlights for people. So do text in with your highlights. It would be great to hear from you. And I am going to struggle today to play the news for you, which is a complete bummer. So I'm really sorry about that. Um, it's really good news. Well, you know, as good as the news can be. So instead, we're just going to have a pause and we are going to go through the um, uh, some of our sponsors for this show. So one of our sponsors of this show is Oxford University Press. If you need support with your phonics teaching, Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programs to help you. Read, write, including phonics, floppies phonics and the brand new essential letters and sounds essential letters and sounds will get all your children reading well quickly using phonics books you may already have in your classroom developed by the knowledge schools trust english hub it's affordable easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective to find out more about these programs and receive support from your oup expert local educational consultant do visit www oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics that's one of our sponsors for today so as i said we will be shortly receiving um the amazing jane bell and she's the author of a terrific book called the time smart teaching um which you know i think many of us would actually say is a brilliant idea to have um so if um jane is around it'd be amazing um to have her call in now um it is a bit early but then again the news isn't working so it would be great to hear from you jane in the meantime though um it's really important to actually make sure that we are sticking in those boundaries as teachers. It's not just those physical boundaries and making sure that you leave at a certain time, but instead also um, actually um, acknowledge those mental um, boundaries as well and making sure those are in. Jane, I'm really sorry, I wasn't fast enough off the mark to click um, accept your call. So if you could give it another go, I'd really appreciate it. It was a really short um, call there. Um, Let's see if she's going to call again in a moment. So, hopefully. Hi, Jane. Can you hear me? 
Hi, Gemma, I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I was listening um, with very keen interest and a lot of empathy to your your backstory there, um, especially about, you know, your anxiety and your panic attacks um, in in and around the classroom because that is something that actually happened to me very early on in my Mm -hmm. teaching career, but thankfully managed to kind of get um, a grip on, but it is really tough. It's really tough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, like, at the time, I was like, "No, I've got it nailed. I've got it nailed." And I was just like, "Actually, you know what? No." Um, it for me, it was more just I can't envisage myself doing this anymore. And I think that's that's the the hit that my mental health took on me was the fact that I was like, actually, you know, I was I was literally sat with the pros and cons list, going, "Okay." I think I'm going to leave. I think I'm going to quit teaching, but when am I going to do it? And I was like, I can't envisage myself lasting until Easter. So yeah, and it's, and it's not now. a quick recovery. It's not a quick recovery. And you'd be mm-hmm. surprised how many times as a supply teacher, I'm doing supply now, you'd be surprised how many times I've actually gone to cover people who've been off on temporary sick because of the similar situation that they've been in. They've just like mentally had a, a hit a block, a block wall or they have just burnt out and they just needed like half a term to kind of like regroup. And um, so anyone who feels like they're in that situation now more than ever after COVID, don't feel bad. If you have to take time for yourself, you do, you know, put yourself first and your mental health first. The job will be there for you. Yeah, I totally endorse that. And it's really interesting that you said the word after COVID because I, I think many teachers would probably be like, after COVID? Like, COVID's still very much a present situation yes, for many schools. Yes, it is. Yeah, maybe I'm being a bit too optimistic there <laughs> by saying <laughs> post-COVID. But I do get the sense, obviously, because I'm still working in schools, I do get the sense that things are slowly kind of going back to normal so to speak um you know at least there's kind of like the assumption there that we're going to have a full academic year we hope fingers crossed and without any more school closures yeah absolutely and and you know it's just that continuity but also just that it's the prospect but not only for for students but also for teachers of what's going to happen next so in that sense it's really important for like school leaders to be very open about their their message of what's going on and being very transparent with their with their school but at yes. the same time like it's the pressure on them as well is just extortionate absolutely and they can only give clear messages when they themselves receive clear messages and mm-hmm. particularly from things like exam boards they still don't know teachers still don't know if the content they're teaching now is actually going to be examined in the summer um so you know school leaders still have have a hard time but as much as assurance they can give they should be giving and they definitely should be making teacher well-being a priority to hang on to their staff you know anyone who's still showing up every day teaching at the moment and um is not job hunting i think deserves a medal (laughs) at this point in time yeah you're you're absolutely right I mean even yeah just to do the turn up every day and, and somehow avoid being sick is yeah which is at the moment uh, yeah I mean and it is it's 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 cold and flu season and I've been laid low for like the last two to three weeks um and I did have COVID about six weeks ago and it really takes it out of you I mean I'm in the fortunate position where I can pick and choose now you know what what days I work but for a teacher to get over that that that's going to take some doing and people need to be really kind to themselves and 
not try and perform at their full potential. And I know that's really hard in a school setting because if you're there and you're in the door, you're expected to be functioning 110%, but that's not realistic. You have to really be kind for yourself and put up some strong boundaries to continue doing the job that, that you're doing in this environment. You're absolutely right. And and that potential, I think, is actually a really significant word. You know, we, we do run at 110% as, as teachers. And very often that's just out of necessity. It's not even because we want to do a particularly good job. It's just that's what the job requires of us. Absolutely. And it should not be that way. You know, it, it, it should be a more sustainable job. Teaching as a career needs to be more sustainable. As you've mentioned, we're getting such huge dropout numbers. And yes, you know, the statistics from the Department of Education show we've met teacher training targets. We've got lots of new teachers coming into the profession, which is amazing. But what we really need to do is make sure we hang on to them. Mm. Otherwise, we're going to be back, you know, in, in this kind of real situation where we're going to have teacher shortages. I see those day to day, especially in, you know, subjects like maths and science, where some schools just cannot get, you know, permanent staff because they're just not there. Um, so we need to be treating our teachers with more respect and we need to be putting their well-being absolutely first. Yes, there's been an awful lot of um focus on student well-being which there needs to be of course there does but you know teachers can only support children where they themselves are supported um and i think we need to do more to ad address kind of like the balance of, of teachers um in fact just this week i you probably saw this on my linkedin i, I put a, a post up to say you know what should be the focus of teacher well-being now in, in these days that we're in um, and I gave people four options and it was they could vote you know what was what should be the priority and um, the one that came out top was to reduce paperwork that was number one number two was uh, having more flexible start and end time so an introduction of flexible working so either coming into the school um, later on or being able to leave early and then the last one the bottom one was um, people having more choice over their continuing professional development and that was by far you know the least concern for teacher well-being so if there are any school leaders or anyone in, involved in education um, policy listening and they want to know what do my staff actually want what is it actually that I can do for them to support their well-being it's there loud and clear it's reduced paperwork end of yeah completely because it's it's one of those classic things. If it's not serving the students and it's not serving you, what why is it being done? Yeah, and, and that's an absolutely great question. It shouldn't be there, should it? If it's not mm -hmm. having a direct impact and 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 a demonstrable, evidence informed impact, not just some kind of warm fuzzy feeling that you think it's working, it shouldn't be there. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's just like that thing of day to day, a minute by minute, as a teacher, you you are you're firefighting you know you've got a plan of like yeah. this is what I want to achieve today but also the fire is going on around you um whether it is um I was listening to Tab Tabitha's show this morning about Mean Girls which was just brilliantly hilarious um you know whether it's um students going oh it's, you know she's bullying me or they're you know falling out with me or whatever or whether it's just actually your colleague is unwell and you need to deal with the cover or any other like just pop-up things that they are however as teachers we need to step off the tra teacher treadmill mill for just the moment to be like, okay, what is actually important rather than just kind of going through the motions. Um, and we can, 
and you know like like I mentioned earlier I really like being busy um I'm not a sit still person don't do that um can't do it very well but actually are you being busy or are you being like efficient busy like are you just busy yeah. doing things and then kind of get to the end of it and be like none of that actually served me or the students why have I done any of it yeah um, and my so to do this is that. still there yeah and there's so much of that in education isn't there we're filling out a piece of paper to sit on a drive somewhere just in case someone needs it or Ofsted visit and that needs to be taken off our plates entirely and I know some schools have been good in cutting this down and there are other schools that just make it worse mm-hmm. and we basically need to kind of see that cutting down of paperwork across the board um on all levels because I think you know with the with kind of like I won't say the post-covid education because as you mentioned we're still there but I think teachers time needs to be freed up to have more meaningful conversations with the students in front of them I remember a time when a student wanted to have a chat with me, not necessarily about the work. And you could see that child wanted to just have a bit of interaction. And I'm thinking, I've got this data entry to do. I've got these project progress checks to fill out. And mentally, I remember thinking, this is wrong. That I've been given so much paperwork to do, form filling, intervention, you name it, that I haven't got time to have a conversation with this child. And that's what this child really needs. And this is what we need to be doing is kind of like having that paperwork burden lifted so we can have conversations with our students we can be more present and also have those conversations with staff to support each other you know as as education professionals so that we can support each other in that capacity as well and have conversations with them because a lot of staff as you as you may or may not be aware staff rooms have been obliterated during covid staff rooms have not existed they've been turned into classrooms or they've been closed down because of covid or they've been staggered so that staff can only access, you know, the staff room for 15, 20 minutes during their lunch. And so they'll have gone weeks or months without seeing colleagues. And that's a really lonely, isolating place to be as a teacher. We thrive off that social interaction with our colleagues. And that's been really, really tough, I think, to deal with. Yeah. And I think that then really exacerbates any feelings of overwhelm because you feel like there's no one that you can turn to and talk to um you know the next door classroom door feels so far away that you you can't actually access it um and that can then just make you feel like well it's all down to me I've got to do everything um when you don't feel like you're actually in a state to be able to do everything yeah exactly and you know half term coming up this is always the hardest time of year for teachers I feel like between now and Christmas it just feels like one hard slog doesn't it the nights are closing Mm -hmm. in so and we generally it's a very very long half term between you know October and Christmas and this is really the time where teachers need to get a a proper break a proper rest and avoid and resist that temptation of trying to get ahead you know I'll just do this over half term I'll just mark that set of books believe me you won't get ahead because (laughs) schools are structured in a way where there's always another pile of work ready to drop onto your desk so leave it don't check your emails put a you know put a, a footer on your email out of office email will not be looking at email now until I am back at school on whatever date so that there is expectation there from anyone who sends you an email from school you're not going to look at it. That's what I would be doing. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just made me laugh. It's just sent me a a memory to my mind. Um, October half term was typically, and if any of my old colleagues are listening to this, they will be be aware of what I'm talking about, um, was our Sikh wedding assessment marking. Um, So these amazing pieces of work that our year eight students would do for us. Um, And because it was like a six week like project, that was my half term. I would go in at least three days a week, if not four, to get through them all. I'd be like, yeah, must get ahead, must do this, must do this. So how do teachers, you know, you've mentioned like, you know, putting off an out of office email um, on your um, emails. What else can teachers do to make that boundary nice and secure so that half term is rest, recuperate, enjoy, ready for the next term so it's going to be individual to each person so I think just make the most of time to do what energizes you do hobbies meet up with people that you don't get a chance to see and just fill that time with things that you enjoy doing I always joked that I never had a social life during term time I'd only get to see friends and family, you know, at um, school holidays. And I would really make the most of them. And it was especially hard when I first became a head of department because I was landed in such an awful situation with our curriculum that one year I spent every single day of every single holiday basically single-handedly creating a curriculum for for all year 7 to 11. Um, And after that, I was like, never again. Never again am I doing that that amount of work in my holidays, and I didn't. Um, so for me, how how would I unwind? I love watching trash telly, and it always amuses <laughs> people when I say I love watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is unfortunately no longer with us. And they're like, "But you're a teacher," and I'm like, "That's the point. I spend so much time with my academic head on and thinking and thinking on my feet. You know, I want to watch something completely as opposite." you know, to that as I can. And that's how I would unwind. And I would spend time, you know, outside and with my kids and and just doing things that are fun. And I think that's what people should do. Just do whatever energizes you. If that means doing nothing but put your feet up for two, three, four days, because you're mentally exhausted from the term we've had, then then do that. Um, And if you're into sports, get outside do that I mean we're so lucky with the weather at the moment aren't we go out and while it's still mild you know and enjoy yourself Mm -hmm. there I think also setting boundaries is more of like a mental attitude than it is physically doing something Mm -hmm. I think you just have to make a decision in your head no I'm not going to pick up work because it's more important for you to recharge at this point of time than it is to respond to an email or, you know, get that marking done. And in my book, I talk about how you can more effectively use the time you've got in school and in class to do all those jobs so you don't have to take them home. And that that's a game changer for people. I love that. There's so many really juicy points in there. Um, just seeing that we've got a message from Felicia. Um, hi, listening from France. That's amazing. Hello. Oh, I hope hello. you are. I hope you are finding uh, these tips from Jane of real good use. Um, I think that whole like unwind and how you switch off, I think is really vital. Um, I remember um, when I was at uni, I had a couple of housemates who watched utter trash. Um, 
and at the time I, was, I just kind of like, <laughs> um at the time I was very much like oh you know you can't fill your brain with with nonsense that's just really really bad for you and stuff you shouldn't do that and then by the time I was like a teacher I was just kind of like, okay cool so um hi I met your mother and uh Ship Creek <laughs> yes. and um all these other things I mean I'm totally into um parks and recreation at the moment I just find absolutely amazing so you're absolutely right just anything and I think I think the challenge that I face and I imagine many other people face is that giving yourself permission to like if I um you know if I just sit and watch tv all day I will feel great at the time and then afterwards I will beat myself up so yes. bad. oh you know you've wasted the day and you know you should have done something and it was your day off and you could have used that more effectively um when actually you know apart from beating myself up mentally for a few moments I feel so much better and I think it's just of that giving you yourself permission to do whatever it is that your yes. right nourishes you I think that's a great point because we so often get teacher guilt. Anyone that's a teacher out there knows instinctively what teacher guilt is. It's guilt of not doing something work-related. It's like mum guilt. If you're a mum, you have mum guilt and you have teacher, teacher guilt on top um, because we are so used to just giving and giving. And even before we even ask, we just completely are used to going above and beyond. And just remember, you're not getting paid to work in the holidays, guys. So if you're tempted to do some work that really doesn't need to be done, you know, if it's not urgent just be like look I don't get paid to do this our salary is pro rata it's stretched out across the whole academic year don't do it you know go and go and do nothing but you know sometimes doing nothing is, is the best thing especially if you've got small children like I have I've now got two small kids like the luxury of just going and sitting and doing nothing is the best tonic you could hope for um, and you're setting yourself up, you know, to go into the, the next half term kind of, you know, refreshed, hopefully, and, you know, full, full of kind of energy to get to get through to the slog of the half term that, that leads to Christmas. So yeah, don't feel guilty at all. Amazing. And uh, Felicia from France totally agrees with you. She says that we must not feel guilty to relax and enjoy. And yeah, it is that it is the guilt and shame complex that so many teachers experience that you, you know, you must be switched on. If you aren't thinking about the kids and that makes you a bad person, because obviously we go into the job for the students. Um, and I mean, I still get that now. I still think about my tutor group and I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm not there for them. Someone else is there for them right now. And, you know, you're not expected to be there for them during the half term anyway. Like it's their time to, you know, they're probably going, thank goodness I'm away from a string or for a couple of weeks. And, you know, we're probably thinking the same about some of our students as well. So it is just <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, some yeah. switching off kind of motion going on. So in your book, Time Smart Teaching, what are some of the tips that you offer in terms of actually being more efficient so that, you know, we can switch off over the half term? That's a really good question. And I think this is what's really hard to do. And so I give some real practical, easy to implement um, strategies in the book. So I'll just talk about one um possibly two so the first thing I'll talk about is intervention intervention to me is a dirty word it's an excuse to give teachers more work to do in mm. their break after school and lunchtime and if anyone who's listening doesn't know what intervention is it's basically you doing work with small groups of students or one-to-one -to, -one to catch up students that are maybe underperforming or not meeting targets and it's just become a real expectation from virtual schools that this is done it's not mandated it's not in directed time 
it's just been expected that we do it. So what I would say to you is do your intervention during school, during class time. Don't do it in lunchtime. Don't do it after school. Don't do it at break. You can do effective intervention most of the time during class time. So I'll give you one example. So intervention could be something as simple as doing pupil voice before you do a revision session. Let's say you've got a test coming up um, any year group, you could do a quick pupil voice to see which topics, which skills is your class on the whole least familiar with. So then instead of you going with a blanket approach, trying to cover and re revise everything for this particular test, what you're doing is you're saying, right, well, they want help with this, this and this. I'm just going to cover this, this and this in the classroom. Or even you could set a generic revision activity to the class and you can do one-to-ones in the classroom. So you can bring people up. This is what I've done previously. Look through their last test with them and say okay talk through them talk through the test with them and just say this is where you've done well this is where you could have picked up a few extra marks this is what you need to do going forward and you can get through you know five ten students you know each class doing that and just and you're still targeting people you're still offering them the support you're just doing it in a more targeted way that is not meaning that the kids are having to lose out on their break time which they need they need a break in the day as well and so do you the other thing i talk about in the book is how do you can write and design assessments to be marked much much more efficiently and much much more quickly um, through the use of kind of peer marking and through the use of a clever structuring of multiple choice questions that link in with higher order questions of Bloom's taxonomy. But I don't want to go into too much detail there because I might end up confusing <laughs> some of the listeners. But yeah, intervention, doing that smarter and designing your assessments or redesigning them so that they are super easy and super quick to mark will save you so much time you would not believe. Those are really brilliant tips. And um, Felicia totally agrees with you. She says um, that I was amazed that teachers were expected to work during lunchtime in the UK. That is like the whole thing. Like people see lunchtime as an extra free period and it just isn't. So no. yeah, Felicia, you're absolutely right. You know, we do need to take care of ourselves and have that me time. Um, what I what I really want to pick out of what you've just said there, Jane, is that... Um, Good teaching doesn't have to be convoluted or complicated or, which is another way of saying convoluted, I'm even complicating my answer. Um, and just like, it, it can be quick. It can yeah. be, it can be efficient. If It can be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, as a teacher, oh God, I loved crib sheets, you know, marking crib sheets where it's just, have you done this, tick or this, and, and encouraging the students to mark their own work because it then empowers the students as well that they actually recognize what they're doing well what they want to improve and kind of puts them back in their own driving seat of their own learning so as teachers we really need to actually endorse that and say you know what a good lesson could be me sat still not looking like I'm doing a lot for a moment because the students are, are on task rather than you being continually on task and, and feeling like you have to be or singing or dancing or marking or busy in order to, um, you know, be seen as a good teacher. Yes, I totally agree. Sometimes we just, we do need to go back to basics. And at the end of the day, what are we looking at for its effective intervention? It's not how much work we're making for ourselves. 
or how busy we are it's does it impact on results you know mm. is it having the, the impact that you want you no know, are these people improving is the is the gap closing and if it is that's great keep it up but so much of the time we do these things and we don't know if there's a demonstrable in, impact and if it isn't working then we shouldn't be doing it you know it's pointless doing intervention or any work as we previously said that doesn't have a real positive impact and you know i one of the things i like is the fact that going back to basics things like making use of the textbooks in your classroom that might be give you know gathering dust that you've spent you know hundreds if not thousands of pounds on at some point in the past like make make use of those you know don't feel like every lesson has to be all singing or dancing it doesn't. Absolutely. And Felicia is totally on point. Felicia, thank you for your engagement today. Um, she says, yeah, in the UK, you're expected to do a show and entertain sometimes. And it is actually just, that, as you say, taking it back to basics, which I love for Seb's half-term plans, which is sleep, eat, drink, repeat. I like it, Seb. And do keep those coming. How are you spending your half-term? So let's just have a, a quick um, advert break. Um well, I'll let you um, pause speaking for a moment, Jane. I'm going to read out an advert for us. Um, and we'll be back to this um, chat in a moment. So another one of our show sponsors is the History Hot line podcast the history hotline is the hottest line for all things black history and beyond a space to have honest conversations about black history and how it impacts the world we live in the history hotline podcast explores some of the facets of black history ignored by the mainstream your teachers and the textbooks check out the podcast by following the history hotline on all good podcast platforms just like podbean so what are your plans, Jane, for the half term, apart from trashy TV? <laughs> yes, I do still have to watch the last season of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. So that is definitely number one um, <laughs> on the priority list. And so, as I mentioned previously, I just love to kind of catch up with friends and family. So um, I'm going back to see some friends kind of up north, um, in Rochdale Way, um, taking the baby and my daughter Grace out uh, for a treat. We might get to kind of Chester Zoo. And it is my birthday tomorrow, so I have a very rare treat. So I'm actually doing a spa day um, on Tuesday, child-free spa day. So that is my, yeah, my absolutely pinnacle of half term that I'm looking forward to and the best thing is I obviously I don't do any school work at the moment because I, I am supply teaching um so I do have kind of like the, the best of all worlds and you know if there is anyone thinking I want to stay in education but I just can't keep doing this job really do consider you know before you leave the education sphere entirely do you consider give some you know real thoughts of possibly doing supply teaching because it really does give you the flexibility that you might be craving yeah and um i imagine lots of supply agencies are um looking for more people yes busy busy, busy. <laughs> profitable area um lots of happy birthday wishes are coming through for you um oh that's says you can't beat a spa day Absolutely. Um, if you're in the Nottingham area, people, Eden Spa, I love that place. I need to go back home and go there. Um, and Emily's also wishing you a happy birthday um, as well. Oh, Jenny, awesome. Jenny's like, half time is definitely for keeping up with the Kardashians. i got to admit, I've never watched it. Oh, you're, oh you'll either love it or hate it. That's <laughs> the only way. You'll either love it or hate it, I think. Oh, well, I'll add it to my list. I mean, 
trashy TV is, is just absolutely brilliant. Um, Felicia says, happy birthday to you as well. And Jenny says, I love it. Okay, Thank I will you. try it out, Jenny. <laughs> so um, if people want to hear more about you, Vicky, Jane, where did Vicky come from? Jane, what, what, where can they find you? And, and what would they find if they sought you out? That's a good question. Um, so, yeah, Jane Bell is my pen name. It's not my real name. I have a brilliant... Um, Sorry for the slip. <laughs> I did so well. <laughs> you can tell we're live, folks. <laughs> um, it was going to happen. So I have a small and growing YouTube channel that um, aims to create content that supports teachers, and it's called Time Smart Teaching. So the YouTube channel is the same as the book. Um, I'm on LinkedIn um, under my normal name, which is Vicky Bennett. Uh, I do have a Facebook author uh, page as well. And you can get me on timesmartteacher at gmail.com as well. Um, but if anyone wants to contact me personally, I'm sure if they put messages in um, the chat box facility, I'm happy to obviously speak to anyone um, and have a chat over email. And yeah, and get hold of the book. It is free. The ebook is free if you have the Amazon unlimited subscription. You so you can get a copy of Time Smart Teaching entirely for free, which is amazing. So if you do have some time to read over half term, thoroughly recommend you download that, you read it, you'll go back, you know, next half term with a load of ideas to keep your workload off off your plate, so to speak. That is brilliant. Um hopefully we'll get that into the um uh show description as well as the end so jane if you can send me a couple of bits on that i will um copy them in so people can find you but i've had a quick flick through the book um or i've had a look at it um and it's it's got some brilliant tips and the beauty of it is that it's actually um you know, it's not like, okay, I must spend ages now replanning everything I've ever done in order to now be a time smart teacher is actually pick up and go stuff, which as a teacher is just a, a simple dream. Yeah, because no one's got time to do that. No one's got time to redo work they, they already do. Um, and that is not the point of the book. It's, it's like a self-help book for teachers. That's how I that's how I wrote it, was that people can pick and choose different things. They don't have to read it from start to finish. It's take, you know, take what you want from it or just be inspired by it. You know, just read read the chapter on how to say no and be a better negotiator for yourself will just be, you know, mind-changing, mind-blowing for a lot of people. Absolutely. And actually then to then become a role model for your colleagues as well, you know, if we see other people kind of like bending over backwards for their colleagues or for their students or for their senior leaders um it makes us feel that we've got to do the same so actually even just yeah negotiating um it doesn't mean that you're being like you know cold-hearted or being bad at your job or even being like troublesome um that's simply not what the word no means um it's again it's that boundaries that, that we spoke of earlier yeah yeah and as teachers we say yes all the time yes I'll do that yes I'll support yes I'll I'll help with that yes I'll run this club and you know what it's okay to say no sometimes and not feel bad about it and one of the things I talk about in the book is is how to say no but not feel bad it's like saying well you know I could do this however what are you going to take off my plate in order for me to be able to make this a reality because if it really is important that I do this for you then I'm going to expect support elsewhere, extra PPA resources. 
you know and then when you put it back on them then they have to come up with the goods or they have to recently say actually it's not that important yeah brilliant and and that prioritizing is is just so vital and it does take a level of bravery to kind of make that first step and and as um, Felicia said you know that no is a positive word um and and Seb's also said that you can say no and yes sometimes it's once you get used to saying it it becomes a lot easier and ultimately you know what we're talking about here is if you can learn to use the word no in a positive sense and you know negotiate things you are more likely to stay well be able to stay in the classroom stay with your students rather than the complete mess that it would be I say complete mess I don't mean that as a guilt inducing for any of you that are listening and you're off sick at the moment but it it saves a lot of time and effort and energy um and frustration understandably later on yes because so many people you're absolutely right do just say yes I'll do this I'll take this on without thinking and then when they realize they're overwhelmed or they're burnt out then they're thinking how am I going to get out of this how am I going to backtrack and it's so much better to say, no, I can't do that. But if anything changes, I will let you know than it is to kind of go go the other way, isn't it? It's better to kind of go back to someone and go, actually, there's an opening, I can do this, rather than it be like, oh, yes, I'll do it. But, oh, actually, no, I can't now. And anyone who's new to the teaching profession needs to be really, really aware of this because there is that expectation that the NQT, who's new to the department, will do that. No, we'll take on the extra. We'll go and represent the department at, at the literacy club or whatever. And so for those of you listening, you really need to kind of be guarded in that sense because there is this kind of inherent expectation that if you're new, you'll pick up the slack. So just be aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're bubbling with energy. Oh, you can do all the extra things. Of course. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. And I think also if you're ahead of department, you do have to leave by example. I was just picking up on something you said previously, which is so important. You know, if you're the head of department, which I was for five years, I, you know, I ran a, a, a geography department. At the same time, I was writing the book. Um, and I was always super conscious of encouraging staff to leave on time, to cut meetings short where possible so people could go home, to show people how to mark assessments quicker, get their class to do it. If you are in a position of, you know, middle management and you can you can demonstrate these time smart teaching methods, it will make your life so much easier because your own staff won't be burnt out. You won't be then covering them for sick days. I had to go around telling my staff to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not well. Why are you here? Get yourself out the door. And when people do feel supported like that, they're really loyal and they do, you know, they'll still work hard. And it's just a, a much more pleasant environment for everyone to be teaching in. I completely endorse that. Um, and it is that I'll, I, leaders are I, I do have this belief that leaders are there to serve their staff yeah um, and they can and they can do that through modeling through caring for them um, and you're right it does create loyalty which in a school if you put it on a school scale you know that immediately reduces your need for recruitment because people are like this is a good place to work I don't want to go anywhere um, and your retention is is so much stronger as a result so it really does benefit schools you know all the way into their pockets as well. Yeah, and this is one of the things that continues to baffle me is that some schools just don't see this. They don't see like an investment in in teacher well-being as worth their time. 
And that's a real, real shame um, because, I, you know, I've been in schools. I've been in great schools and I've been in awful schools and I've been at like both ends of the spectrum. And it's definitely true that those that kind of take the time to look after their staff have better results. The school goes up and up. The students yeah. are happier. Um, and I'd really like to see more schools kind of taking staff well-being a lot more seriously and simply beyond just offering, you know, a slice of cake or putting tea and coffee on for free at break time, like yippee. But, you know, <laughs> what are you actually going to do to make lives easier? You know, and I'll say it before, cut down the paperwork, just get rid of it. Yeah, That's what exactly. we want. We don't want to take it home. No, not at all. Also GDPR, anyone? Um, but yeah, absolutely. Jane, thank you so much. It has been amazing to talk to you and it's have a truly awesome birthday tomorrow as well. Enjoy your spa day. Thank you so much. It's been such a lovely time coming on and chatting. And thank you very much for all the positive comments and the people that have took time out of their busy day to listen and support the show. And yeah, take care of yourselves and have an awesome half-term teachers. You are amazing. <laughs> thank you, Jane. See you soon. Bye. Bye, Gemma. Bye. So that was Jane Bell, who is the author of um, Time Smart Teaching. Um, Someone's just called in. Please do so again in a moment. I'm just not fast enough today. Um, but thank you so much for the comments that we've been having. Um, Felicia, you, you have said that we are... Oh, I think I'm going to, there we go. Um, you know, we're too nice in the UK for fear of hurting people's feelings. Yeah, it's definitely one thing to um, be said. Um, and Seb has also said that if we're asked to do something immediately by saying no for now, but yes, at a time that's convenient for you. Absolutely. It's kind of coming up with that phrase like, you know, um, can I get back to you? You know, if, if, if no feels too scary then can I get back to you is um you know a much safer way and it just gives you that space to actually assess and go is this actually working for me or not um and as Felicia said you know if you're caring for the teachers you're caring for the kids and that is absolutely right and that's what we're all here for um so if we want to look after our students then we've got to start with our teachers I mean people say you know what's education without students what is education without the adults you know without the teachers there because if they're not there no there's no schools will be a muck they'll be mad just kids doing anything and everything they want i'm sure there's a film that is like the you know all the teachers and things disappear for the day. it's basically home alone but on a much wider scale people that's just not cool i mean it'd be amazing to watch but not really um conducive to a learning and education so it's really good to have had that conversation with jane and i hope that you have continued to find that really interesting if um you want to continue sharing you know what have been your highlights for this term um yeah. um oh perks is that this covid lockdown would um as world has shown home learning has been uh, proved um what are your highlights for this term? Let's actually do a bit of teacher celebrating here and, and, and education or school celebrating, um, along with what do you plan to do over half term? I noticed that Felicia has plans to um, keep going and improving her English. So that's a really cool thing. Um, and it's also just, um, you know, things that enrich you don't have to be um, keeping up with the Kardashians. Um, it can be a whole range of things. It can be an element of, you know, the trashy TV, the just chilling in the morning, just 
doing nothing for a while absolutely but it's also those things that actually bring you joy as well so for me so for instance last night um hi ellie do um call in um last night uh, so i really like doing photography um i didn't manage to do any photography but i've like scouted out a, a location to do some photography and um, so actually i just had to drive around and listen to disney music last night that was my evening and you know what i absolutely loved it it was just a nice refreshing um half an hour for me so i was able to um find somewhere that i'm going to do like a long exposure um i'm going to like take photos of like traffic um so you know you've got like the lights all blurred the car lights all blurred and you know when it's not chucking it down my brain um i'm going to be doing that some evening this week um so you know it's it's finding things that enrich you or bring you joy and disney always brings me joy as well so um ellie baker i can see that you are here if you call in hopefully i will be able to get you through and we can speak Let's see if um, that works. So the second half of the show, we're going to be discussing what happens if you feel that you're coming to the end of your teacher road, if you are struggling to see a, um, a way forward um, and feel that actually you are, you know, kind of like how I was uh, two years ago now. Um, if you can't see yourself, you know, in the school that you're in, for instance, come February half term or Easter or even July, what what do you do? Um, and Ellie should be here now. Can you hear me, Ellie? And can I hear you? Hi, Gemma. I can definitely hear you. You can hear me okay? <laughs> I can hear you. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining me. I know I look a bit like an anonymous person because I haven't figured out Podbean correctly and configured it with my bio all nicely, but I'm here nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello, N-M-Q-Z-J-A-Q-P. That yeah. is an amazing name. <laughs> I was like, I had to put something in the chat so that you know that it is actually me, but hey-ho, we did it. That's the main thing. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's amazing to have you here. Um, yeah, so we've been discussing, like, you know, teacher well-being, and now we're kind of coming to, like, the... I was about to say the deader end of it, which is a bit dark. I don't know why my brain came up with that, but just this like, you know, but, but I think what I experienced, and, and I, I think we've spoken about this before, is like when you decide that teaching's not where you want to be anymore, and then you're just kind of like, but who am I? I'm yeah. Miss Drinkle. I don't know who I am. Like I had to go through an entire thing of like, who the heck is Gemma? Yeah. no one's called me Gemma in ages like who who am I um so yeah I mean introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you and, and sure. how this conversation links in really absolutely yeah and I've been um, listening along the whole time actually whilst doing the school run and work slightly Fair worried that I wouldn't be back in time to actually pass my son on to somebody else and he would have had to have sat there quietly but he's he's, he's all right he's, he's in good hands so uh, yeah so that's all part of why I left teaching actually it's like how on earth do parents manage because mm. I've had like the four four weeks from absolute hell with illness after illness after illness with my own children um, and I'm just thinking every day thank goodness I don't have to call in sick to look after my kids for like a, the fourth week in a row or something um with the exception of the odd bit of home help here and there or with you know if my husband has been around but just that's that was literally the reason why um, when I had my first child in 2012 I 
I, I decided there and then I cannot be both of these people. And then, like you say, Gemma, you have that bit of an identity crisis because you think, well, who am I if I'm not a teacher? You know, I've been a teacher for 10 years. So, um, so yeah, hello, everyone. I'm Ellie. <laughs> and I yeah started my teaching career in 2003 and I left it in 2013. So a nice round 10, 10 year um, period of being a secondary teacher, a little bit of primary and languages uh teacher by trade so it was quite easy for me to sort of transition into middle and primary um because there's a big need for it as I'm sure you you know if you're a primary school primary school teacher listening you know that getting the languages gig um isn't always your favorite thing to do um but um there are people like us that can go in and and help primary schools to support them with languages so I did a bit of everything really Um, and today I, I do a number of things. So in 2013, when I left, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I couldn't go back and have to choose between being a mum and a teacher. Um, and I knew I would have to. And I knew that the job would win, I suppose, because it's just like you say, Gemma, it takes 110% of you. And I knew that I couldn't live with that as an as a expectant mother. So... Um, I did find my own way in the end. I think when a door closes, opportunities come thick and fast, but you just have to take that brave leap sometimes to close the door when you know that you've, you know, hit the end of your personal journey, whether it be with teaching or any other relationship, because I believe um, our working relationship, our job is is like any other relationship and that can, com- that can fall massively out of balance. It can become even... Um, it can take more than it gives and and all the other things that can happen with any other relationship. So um, that's in me in a nutshell, Gemma. I'll let you speak for a bit because I'm aware I've just uh, <laughs> spoken for a long, a long time there. Oh, no, I totally appreciate it. Um, I was grabbing water and be like, okay, I need to, yeah, need to keep break. my... Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've spoken for an hour and a half straight, so... Um. It's, a big, it's, a, it's a long one, isn't it? I thought it was maybe an hour and I thought, okay, I might be talking for longer than 10 minutes when I saw that it goes on <laughs> to half past four. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, hour and a half, that's what I used to do with like, my Key Stage 5 and Key Stage 4 classes. I was like, it'll be fine because they always felt like oh, it's going to go on forever. And then you're like, oh, it's finished. Okay, that wasn't as long as I thought. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you, you're, it's a it's a real shame that um, your story and my story, they're not unique. Um, and Jane is back on the comments. Hi, Jane, again, You know, saying Hi, that being Jane. a mum and a teacher is a, a really hard juggling act. And oh, actually, yeah. as a proportion, um, you know, young females or mums essentially either expecting mums or you know uh mums that have have got young children they are the largest proportion of um staff that we're losing in the education system and that is a hell of a lot of like you know experience and stuff that we're just kind of eking out because teaching is ironically not very flexible for families because everyone's like yeah. oh well that's fine you know you have your holidays at the same time as they do the big, um the big lie right it's, yeah and <laughs> that's only if you're in the same country life. yeah you get the same holidays as your kids and you get to pick them up no you don't get to go to their sports day no you don't yeah get to go to their parents evenings well no. sometimes if you're lucky <laughs> yeah and then when you're there, you're kind of like, hmm, I wouldn't say that as a teacher, a parent's evening, and all those other judgments. Um, 
but yeah, it is it is a, a really tough um, juggling act. And that you spoke about it being a relationship, which um, mm. really resonated with me because I, mean, I suppose because we're, we're talking about this today, it's it's coming back in in my mind. You know, I've mentioned my tutor group already, um, and I think you know. I feel unhealed that like something is like not completely healed over there. Oh. And, you know, I'm, I recognize how f- incredibly fortunate I am with the timing that I resigned because, you know, I, I had a term off and then I was like, Oh, I'll do some supply teaching and then COVID hit and then everything closed. So, um, I've not experienced a full, full terror of, of COVID and, and everything that comes with it. But as a result of that, um, you know, I promised my students I'd go back and say hi to them. And, you know, all my old colleagues that left, they always used to come back and visit for the day. And I haven't had a chance to do that. And it feels, yeah, it's a relationship that is kind of like weirdly unfinished, which is really strange thing to admit live on a radio show. But, um, But there you go. That's okay. I like get I like um getting straight to what we really are thinking. <laughs> let's yeah. just let's just cut through, you know, all the layers and get get to what 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 really we're talking about here, which is it, it is a relationship and it and it can become unbalanced. It can become toxic, but it can also be wonderful, beautiful. I've got so many amazing, wonderful memories of mm. of my teaching days. Um, lots of not so great ones too. Um, and I think it, 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 it's, yeah, you can have a sense of that, of there being an unfinished business. Sometimes I certainly get that. I can get pangs to the days where I was working with teenagers and, you know, that kind of, um, relationship you have there is very different to when you work with young children, which is, I went out of my career working with much younger children. Um, you know, and should I go, you know, sometimes I do get that. Should I go back? You know, Mm. is it, maybe I'd be better wiser you know I'm older I'm certainly older now um and then always the answer you know when I listen you know when I really listen to my gut it's always uh no Ellie because the same problems are still there the same reasons why you left are actually probably greater today than they were in 2013 I don't know if anyone else listening would agree with that you know I left in 2013 I um I've dipped my toe back in, you know, with a bit of language teaching in my children's school, which I've, I've done because I, I love that and I can do it and walk in, enjoy the teaching, enjoy the kids and walk out, you know, without any ties. And that feels amazing. Mm. Um, so I guess a lot of it, a lot of what's going on today does go over my head. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not experiencing that, but I do help a lot of teachers deal with that. And, and, um, these days I I have two businesses my first was my life raft I suppose that got me out that was a language teaching business which is still um still going uh, strong today and I franchised that in 2014 and that has helped a number of language teachers leave their teaching jobs and teach um in a way that fits around their family without the pressures of Ofsted without um all the planning and the marking and the scrutiny it's all you know just for fun just for the joy of teaching and learning so that's been going for some time and then in the last couple of years I've found myself talking to so many teachers that who are not linguists maybe they don't want to do 
that maybe they don't want to teach anymore. <laughs> maybe they want to teach their subject or maybe they want to teach crochet to adults or maybe, you know, they, you know, we, we, we have so many skills as teachers that we don't um, perhaps realise, you know, and not anyone can teach. It's a real craft. It's something that is honed and over years and years with training and actually all those live hours you've done, you know, in the classroom and, and online now, um, having gone through um, and still being in, I suppose, a pandemic, you know, we've re- we've upskilled in so many ways as well, as, as hard and horrific as it's been at, at times. Um, so, yeah, that has led me to to coaching teachers from all all kinds of uh, schools, um, subject specialisms, phases, whether it's private, state, um, abroad or in the UK. I've, I've helped um, a number of teachers over the last few years in their own transitions and recognising their own, um, if, there, if there is an end point coming up for them in teaching, helping them recognise that and make the right decision and, uh, and also build their, their own life raft out of it as well. That's amazing. And I really love that phrase life raft as well, because <laughs> you can really feel adrift at the end of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, excuse me. So, I mean, I think it's also important for us to acknowledge here that, you know, there's going to be many reasons why people are choosing to leave teaching. It might not be, although statistically likely, um, you know, the workload, the stress, the overload, the overwhelm and, and everything that's that's going on that is pushing teachers out or you know pulling teachers out of um education but it's also going to be for you know personal reasons um but also just kind of a actually you know what i'm ready for a change um and it's it's okay to be like that it's not you're not being a traitor to your students or your colleagues or anyone um by wanting to make that change or, or to go somewhere else or do something else yeah absolutely we have to let go of that that guilt that i think the the system that the education system does perpetuate this cycle of I'm not enough must do more must give more to have free time is 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 um makes me a less less of a teacher um and to leave would be like abandoning a sinking ship you know these sorts of this sort of um talk self-talk it you know it does it comes from within the system and it's it's just perpetuated by being in an environment where everyone seems to be doing that um so you feel like well if i if i'm not then there's something wrong with me and 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 firstly there isn't if just I me mean, what one of the things i had to say to myself is that 10 years and Gemma, i know you did five to, you know this isn't like you don't have to get to 10 years and feel like you've earned it then there's no such thing but for me i was like do you know what i've given 10 years of my life of my working life to a fantastic cause if you like I've helped so many young people I've I'm really proud of that but it's time now for me to move on from it it's time I'm I'm ready to close the door on that and take what I've learned and and I'm ready to for something new I'm ready to feel excited again about something about I'm, I'm happy to face some unknowns and some uncertainties because actually that feels quite exciting to me right now and I know that you know there is a, there's there's a lot more out there for me and I can still have an impact I can still help other people and it doesn't make me any less of a person because I want to try something else um and I in fact believe that we've all got every individual has amazing gifts you know Gemma you're you're amazing at, um helping teachers find the, the joys in in their daily you know working life 
of t- teaching celebrating the great stuff so that they can get perspective on and get some balance back and that's that's amazing you know I wouldn't be able to do that because I'm not I, I it's I, I I'm somebody who thrives on on change I think change is really you know it, that's my thing like I love helping people reinvent themselves and find who they are and get you know and and make their own choices and and create something for themselves that's just because I've done it and I've enjoyed that so like you know we're we're all different and we all have something amazing to offer and for all you teachers listening you are absolutely amazing you have one you, you are a teacher that makes you pretty superhuman in my book there aren't many jobs that are tougher than teaching um you know, you are so many other things. Gosh, I wish I had the list that I recently posted on LinkedIn, <laughs> that all the jobs that all the job titles you could have, you, you, your own PA, you know, I was listening to Jane talking about all the paperwork, you know, what other job would not assign you a PA to do all of that stuff? You know, you're meant to be a teacher, not a form filler, right? So you're, you're your own PA, you probably have arranged a few trips. So you're probably like a, a, a trip organizer slash travel agent, a bursar, um a counsellor a social worker um um so many so many things I mean I think we got a list going on LinkedIn of about 35 different potential job titles so let's not dismiss ourselves and say but I'm just a teacher there's nothing else I can do you are a teacher so there is so much you can do you've got so many skills and um you can you can take your pick (laughs) and I mean that you can literally take your pick of of opportunity out there and now that you've had a go many of you listening will have had a go of teaching online you know during the covid um period that's just added even more strings to your bow you know and that's um something that's one way that you can reach so many people teaching something that you are passionate about um and it can be anything it could be some, a hobby of yours that you maybe dismissed or you've let go because teaching has just filled all the spaces as it can do and you've let things go you've let yourself go a little bit I don't mean um in a health way necessarily the waistline has gone waistline. <laughs> oh, that wasn't what I was trying to say Gemma but I know it might have come across that way although I can I can put my hand up to that one as well back back then um what I mean is let yourself like that part of you that is just you and not Mrs. not Miss Strinkle or Mr. Whatever. Um, in my case, I was Miss Hill when I was Mrs. Baker. Um, you know, where's Ellie? You know, you let that part of you go because, well, heck, where's the time to do, you know, when am I going to, cro- when am I going to crochet? You know, when am I going to go, you know, paddleboarding? When am I going to um, travel? You know, it, it's, it's a lot of these things. I'm sure you can, I mean, you can relate, Gemma, we let them go because we become teachers. Um, and it's about finding that person again. And it might be that there's something that you used to do that lit you up, that, you know, you've missed terribly, that you've only, you only get to do it now once or twice a year, you know, during the holidays, like you say. And that's the thing that you just feel like you are in your absolute element when you're doing that thing. That could be your thing, you know, and there are ways of, of getting that out into the world in a way that can earn you money and that's something I find you know incredibly exciting you know there are no limits anymore you know the the world is online and it's going more you know the COVID has accelerated what was already happening essentially so opportunity is there and is there for you you know in droves if you are a teacher and you have all those skills what often we lack as teachers is that um 
is the self-confidence you know self-esteem we can feel we've been downtrodden and squished by the system over the you know over the years and so, and sometimes the longer we've been in it the longer um the more compacted that becomes and we have to really dig quite hard to kind of get those layers up and really you know uncover our true selves again um so yeah that's that's what I help people to do and I find it really fascinating work and um you know hats off to you as well Gemma because what you do is 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 helping people every single day so no you know it it's not the end leaving one thing leaving teaching behind it's never the end and giving up that part you might feel like you're giving up that part of your identity but I, I you know once a teacher always a teacher I'm always going to be a teacher I will always identify as a teacher I teach different people in different ways different things these days I'm happier I'm freer I'm much more my own person but I'm still a teacher you know I've got three kids I teach them every day without even thinking you know it, it's just it's happening all the time um it's just repurposing everything you've learned and everything you've ever done and creating something new from that and giving yourself a chance at something else you know what can be what can be bad about that there you go end of my <laughs> second longest spiel ever <laughs> <laughs> I mean all through that I've got problem with radio um I've got a huge grin on my face like listening to you earlier because I mean first thank you for your kind words um about what I do now but you know it's all about empowerment and I really just want to clap my hands really loudly but I think my mic might be like what the hell um so <laughs> a um clap here. yeah a real clap. quiet clap um <laughs> And we've got Andrew Farmer who's um, said that he's listening in from Spain. Hi, that's amazing. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Spanish, go. <laughs> ¿Dónde estás en España, Andrew? <laughs> no, I won't, I won't go down that, that route, that, uh, route, Gemma. I was going to say, Spanish is, <laughs> is not my forte. My, my year nine teacher was like, I don't think Gemma will cope with GCSE Spanish. And I was like, you're right. Um, oh. But um, yeah, so he left the UK in 2013. Right. And Andrew says that his gut accent is that things have changed for the better since then, or at okay. least in some schools some schools I think is probably the key phrase there Andrew on the other oh. hand that could just be me being biased for what I see on social media um absolutely I mean social media is it's actually really interesting even like on different platforms like Instagram I find just like full of flowers and really happy and positive and then on Twitter seems to just be a much more coarser reality of, of what yeah. people seem to be experiencing um but I want to go back to, um, I mean, there's so many parts there, Ellie, that you spoke about, which is just really um, invigorating. But, you know, it's, yeah, kind of acknowledging, like, who you are as a person, removing your, kind of taking off the teacher mask for a moment and just being like, okay, this is this is actually who I am. And that does take a moment of rediscovery. Um, I also want to add to that, that I think that's, that isn't, you know, as teachers, we can feel very much like, oh, you know, no one else understands it's only like this for teachers, which yeah. is definitely an element of truth. But also actually like even now as like a business owner, like I'm forgetting to take my business owner mask off. So if you are thinking that, you know, oh, if I leave teaching, that'll solve all my problems. It won't. It will just give you different problems. And that's what growth is all about. And that's what life is about. You know, we, we um, always have a, a set of problems, you know, whatever they might be, you know, yeah. big or small. Um, but to have that thing that kind of like, you're absolutely right, like reinvigorates you and, and you know, is a thing that you really enjoy. I think it's just so empowering. And it kind of, like what comes to mind for me is just, you know, life is short. Yeah. 
Um, yes. And every yeah. time, every time you second guess yourself about is this the right, is this the right thing for me? Should I be leaving? And then you talk to other people who don't get it and they say, Oh, why don't you just hang on in then till you have another baby? You know, and then or why don't you just hang on in then till you got you get X amount of money in your pension? Or or you know, uh, the people who don't know any different. And I'm I'm no I'm not disrespecting Uncle Frank who, you know, was a you know, was a teacher in the seventies and got a really, you know, jolly good pension and all of that. You know, Uncle Frank means the best for you and doesn't mean to, you know, to to frighten you but sometimes people are afraid especially if they haven't lived through you know this sort of more um super high speed techie kind of age they haven't really got into that um or they've only ever been employed and they 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 they, you know they see the pension and the holiday pay and the sick pay as the ultimate goal in in life to have that and they see that as security and i would say to you well what's security define security Mm security in a misery is not security that's security you know if that's how you define that then it's that's a a little bit let's re let's reassess the way we think but um you know people will say you know oh well you better just hang on in there because you know it was difficult to get jobs these days well yeah if you want a job but there are other ways of of generating enough income to live right it's about generating income there are jobs yeah there are jobs there are um self-employed things there are contracts like if you want to try supply for a bit there are lots and lots of things that you can do but you know when we sometimes you know the naysayers can sort of creep in and then we start to to listen and then we start to tune out of our own gut you know um I think that this is a long way around to me saying something really profound Gemma and I've totally like (laughs) stitched myself up in knots here um but if I if I rewind slightly it was yeah it was just all about yeah listening listening to your gut and also not not being why is why do we see change as so so scary i mean it i know that because we can go we can go back to you know the the, the dark ages when you know and, and the, the ages when the middle we, we were actually running scared of you know beasts and and afraid for our lives and all of that stuff that's where it comes from i know where that fear comes from but we're not running scared of the saber-toothed tiger anymore so it's like learning to understand what fear actually is. You know, it doesn't mean I shouldn't do it just because I'm afraid. Mm. Fear is I'm neutral. Afraid. It's it's what we, what we, what um, meaning we give to it. It is. It is. And fear and excitement manifest in the same way in the body. They feel the same. So could we reframe that as I'm just excited? It's natural. It's just nerves. I'm you know, I'm excitedly nervous about this change because you know it's different but I'm actually the thought of doing something different the thought of maybe earning my own money doing something I love is actually really exciting but I don't really know how to do it yet so of course I'm going to feel a bit you know excitedly nervous at times we can reframe that you know it's not fear and excitement do feel the same so um it's learning to listen learning what to listen to and what not to listen to and being and trusting ourselves a little bit more you know we you you are in the driving seat of your life and, and that, this comes back to what you said now Gemma which I remember was that life is indeed very very short so do you want to that do you want your life to be driven by somebody else's expectations and you know all of these norm the norms of society and of the of the teaching world or do you want to be in the drive does it excite you to think well 
I could just take that jacket off and leave it behind and create my own rules um because yeah life is short so if that's what's if something is pulling you to try something new then you know the universe will have your back <laughs> if you know your gut isn't is rarely right rarely wrong so that would be my advice yeah and it's brilliant advice I mean um Felicia um again it's got some amazing points here that you know changes life and you're absolutely right and I remember when I started spreading the news around my colleagues that I was leaving you know the key word that people were using was oh you're so brave you're so brave for because they were like what are you going to go do I, was like, I don't know I'll work it out once I've got headspace to work it out but my um one of my colleagues in my department was just kind of, you know, you're really brave, Jam. And I was like, brave or stupid? And he was like, well, you'll be stupid when you run out of money, but brave for now. And it was just kind of like, actually, yeah, you know, it's, it is really exciting and um, it's a different kind of challenge. And you're right. It's, it's, I mean, I think not that we're advocating everyone who's a teacher, go into self-employment. It's brilliant. I mean, it is brilliant. I'm, I'm not saying that we should have a complete exodus of the um, no, <laughs> education no. sector. If you're happily in teaching, please stay there. My, my children Absolutely. and other children, the people need you. If you're happy, that's amazing. Um, if you're not, you know, and you can't, you know, you, you can't, you feel like there isn't a way out and you don't know, you know, you don't know where to turn, then question that and don't, you know I would advise you to not to push that down and try and ignore it for too long because it will never go away you know it would just be a jack-in-the-box it would just pop up yeah. again yeah mm. so Ellie if people um are listening to this and going wow yeah no she's she's where I'm at and actually I think I need to talk to someone who's going to help me make my steps out of teaching um where can they find you Yep. Um, good question. So um, I am frequently on LinkedIn, so you can look me up there, Ellie Baker, Happy Free Teacher Coach. Um, so if you are on LinkedIn, then you can find me there. Um, if you want to get stuck into a few little free things that I have for you um, already on on how to identify if, if it is time for you to, to explore other options outside of teaching, I've got two um, key resources for you on my website. My website is elliebakereducation.com um, and you should be able to find on the home page a nice big blue button which will invite you to watch a webinar which will help you identify if you are in need if you like of finding a path out of teaching so that's the first one and if you have a little dig around i think it's under the free resources tab there's also a survival guide so how you know just just like how to how to kind of I loved, I loved, by the way, the chat between you and Jane, yeah, about creating boundaries, how not to overwork and stop saying yes to everything. So I've got a little guide on that as well, because, you know, if, if you just, if you, if you think you might want, need to leave teaching, that might not happen. You know, we're already approaching, aren't we fast approaching that date, that cutoff date at the end mm -hmm. of October. Is it the end of October, Gemma? Yeah, I think it's the 31st of October. So usually. You may not, you may not be feeling as brave, I say that in inverted commas, although you are brave, Gemma, I question, is it braver to, is it, I feel like the people that go into school every day are braver than me. I'm like, wow, you want to do that every day. That's amazing. Um, you, you are brave. I would knight them um, anytime, but you're also brave, Gemma, for taking that, you know, bravery can be defined in different ways too. Mm. Um, but yeah, so if you head to the web, my website, elliebakereducation.com, there is a, a survival guide there too, which can just help you with the day-to-day -day, um, getting, you know, just 
being able to say no to certain things and I advocate things like having at least one night a week where you just go home with 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 nothing school related so you're not looking at it at home and you just give yourself permission not to do it and you just go home so you can't reverse that decision and little things little things but um the things that really helped me and have helped other teachers as well so you can find that also on my website um if you like i can pop that in the chat um, that would be amazing shortly so that it's easy to to find so hopefully yeah. that will help somebody who is listening today. And that's great for me. If I've helped one person today, then I'd be, you know, that makes me very, very happy. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. It has been amazing to speak with you. I'm pretty sure, actually, if we weren't finishing at half five, we could talk about this for much longer. I so think we could. There's a lot there. There's a lot to dig into. But um, I think we did a good um, little overview there, Gemma. So. Yeah, good stint. Um, thank you so much. And I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Gemma. Bye-bye. Hi. So that was um, Ellie Baker, uh, the happy teacher coach. So um, we're coming to the end of our um, show this afternoon. Let me just um, go through our final um, sponsor for today. So one of our sponsors of this show is Mala CPD. If you struggle with people pleasing and find it is a constant battle to manage different and difficult personalities, then why not challenge and empower your team through the Mala CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course. Alternatively, gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the Assertive Leadership and Emotionally Intelligent Leader course. All MAL CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malacpd.com. So we've had a really awesome um, show today and thank you so much to Jane and Ellie um, for your contributions. It's been a really awesome first show and I hope you, the listeners, have really enjoyed it. And if you are listening on replay, hi. And I really hope that you've also um, enjoyed the show. What I want to leave you with um, today is a couple of reflections on what we've talked about. So we've talked about um, the importance of getting to half term and switching off, you know, enjoying what's been brilliant about the term and then just going, cool, park that and enjoy your holiday, whatever you want to do, whether it is chilling in front of the TV, doing some crochet or photography or spa day or whatever it might be make sure that you have something for you because you deserve it you are good enough to receive that and we've also had a brilliant chat with Ellie Baker who's given some amazing reflections and tips if you are feeling like actually you are coming to the end of your teaching road and for me I have a really cool offer today as well that is um totally voluntary. So I am taking part in the WLA Coachathon, which is 24 hours of coaching. Thankfully, I'm not doing all 24 hours. But this is a charity event, which is raising money for Microloan um, Foundation, which is an organization which helps um, women in sub-Saharan Africa um, to become entrepreneurs and to help themselves out of um, poverty. So you can sign up uh, for a 45-minute coaching session um, where you can explore whatever you like. It could be, um, you know, managing overwhelm. It could be, um, you know, managing your boundaries as you come into half term. Um, or it could even be like, actually, what are your options um, going to be if you are on that in that space where you're considering actually is teaching right for you anymore? 
Um, it's a 45 minute session and it costs 25 pounds and all the 25 pounds goes straight to Michael Owen Foundation. So if this is something that you would be interested in, then you can uh, either get in touch with me directly and I'll put my details um, up in the show description, but you can find me on Twitter at Gemma underscore Drinkle. Remember, I'm a really thirsty person, Drinkle. Um, or you can find my profile on um, the official website, which is um, Coachathon dot the wla.com so i really hope that you've um, enjoyed this show thank you so much for our contributions today um felicia it's been amazing hearing so much from you and you are very welcome i'm really glad that you like the show and if you um have any thoughts about um teacher well-being it would be great to continue the conversation so do continue it on twitter or instagram or wherever you um happen to be do um copy in uh teachers talk radio um and myself and it'd be great to see where else we go with this um next show on teachers talk radio today is at six o'clock and it is with lucy newberger and that's the twilight show and i'm sure that's going to be a really fascinating one um listened to it last week and it was a really good show so yeah this uh recording will soon be a um podcast and thank you very much guys it has been amazing to spend a tuesday afternoon with you have a safe finish of your drive home i totally forgot people are actually driving at this point <laughs> um and um have a great evening see you soon bye <laughs>